Welcome to today's episode of Messing with Media, the show where we will bunch up five random movies or other media that our host has recently seen. Our host will then rank the movies from best to worst based on five unfinished sentences. Each sentence is directly correlated to a media-themed category. Each category determines where that movie ranks. First, let's take a look at our five categories and their ranking. Going from worst to best, they are VHS, Laserdisc, Betamax, DVD, and Blu-ray. Or even better, the title of 4K Blu-ray. Five movies, five sentences. Now, please welcome your host, Steve. Hey, hey, how is everybody doing today? Fantastic, I hope. Now that you are all caught up on the rules, let's meet and get to know a little bit about today's contestants on... Messing with Media! Right after this short break. Uh, boss? We don't have any sponsors who paid for this time slot. Well, this fucking sucks. I just spent four hours doing this episode and was almost finished, about 40 minutes out, and I deleted it. Welcome back to the show. Today's episode is titled Animation Throwdown, The Family Version. I sure as fuck hope I don't need to explain that title to you, so let's get right to it. Today, we've got six contestants. They are all movies. Let's meet Tiny Toons Adventures, How I Spent My Vacation. Which can be found on Hulu. It is a comedy adventure. It is not rated, but it is probably a G-rated product. And according to Hulu, it says, School's out for the summer, and hilarious times are ahead for the wild and wacky bunch in their anxiously awaited vacations. Up next is Raya and the Last Dragon. Which can always be seen on Disney+. Plus. It is an action fantasy, and it is rated PG. According to Disney, it says, Long ago, humans and dragons lived together harmoniously in the world of Kumundra. But when evil threatened the land, the dragons sacrificed themselves to save humanity. Now, 500 years later, lone warrior Raya must track down the legendary last dragon to stop the evil force that has returned. And once again threatens her homeworld. Meet the football head himself, Hey Arnold, the Jungle Movie. Which is currently available on Hulu. It's a comedy adventure. It's rated TVPG. And according to Hulu, it says, Arnold and his class win a service trip to San Lorenzo, but when their trip takes a turn for the worst, their only hope of getting home may be retracing the dangerous path that led to Arnold's parents' disappearance. Now, let's meet the Mitchells versus the Machines. Which can be watched on Netflix. It's a comedy adventure rated PG. And according to Netflix, it says a robot apocalypse put the brakes on their cross-country road trip. Now, it's up to the Mitchells, the world's weirdest family, to save the human race. Up next is Luca. Which will always be on Disney+. Plus. 
It is a fantasy adventure coming-of-age story. It's rated PG, and a slightly edited version from IMDb's website says, A young boy experiences an unforgettable seaside summer on the Italian Riviera. Luca shares his adventures with his newfound best friends, but all of the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret. He is a sea monster from another world just below the ocean's surface. And finally, let's meet our sixth contestant, Lou, over the wall. Which can currently be found on Netflix. It is a fantasy adventure. It's rated PG. And according to Netflix says, middle schooler Kai's depressing life in a boring fishing village changes dramatically when a local mermaid named Lou joins his band. I just received my Invisalign liners and I'm starting that process uh, a few days ago. So for a while, if I have a lisp or anything, uh, that is why. Before we begin, since there are six contestants, I am allowed to use both of my lifelines, which are film and digital copy, leaving me with my one pass. VHS and Laserdisc must be chosen first, and with that, I'm going to quickly use my pass on VHS, as none of these movies are trash. I began to write down one name, but then I realized that the sentence for Laserdisc fits this movie better. I'm locking it in. Hey Arnold, the Jungle Movie. Laserdisc. The secret sentence is... Blank succeeded in some areas but failed in others. The movie is about finding Arnold's missing parents, and it begins with a pretty dark opening to the movie, which is very typical of Hey Arnold. There is an awful lot of exposition while setting up the characters. They did an overall nice job with this next note, but it is a drag on the story. That is the fact that they decided to tote a line between catering to the older audience that watched the original cartoons and making a movie the younger audience can also enjoy. There are some storylines that are very easy for the older audience to figure out. I was happy that they spent a decent amount of time on all of the unique side characters in Hey Arnold, which feels consistent with the show. In that regard, they really paid respects to the cartoons. This feels like it was made by all of the same people. The movie slows down too much in the final act, As a Hey Arnold fan, the movie resolves the loose threads that the show wasn't able to, and it really feels like a finale to the series. I think this could be enjoyed by kids who are not familiar with the show. It is a fun watch, and they did a nice job with it. The fact that it's still made for kids is a bit of a drawback for the older audience, but we do get a fair amount of for us type stuff along the way. Remaining consistent with the show, the movie does have a certain level of maturity to it, as in it's not for the really young kids. And so, Hey Arnold, The Jungle Movie, succeeded in some areas, but failed in others. Which leaves me with a no-brainer at this spot. It's not the movie's fault, there's just some really stiff competition ahead. I'm locking in Tiny Toon Adventures, How I Spent My Vacation. Max. The secret sentence is, you could watch blank and or you could watch any of these three similar movie options. There's
there's a little singing number in the beginning, which they turn right into the opening song of the Tiny Toons cartoon show, which I thought was really creative. For much of the movie, I had a little smile on my face that I could not wipe away. It was nice to watch a cartoon that is very much a cartoon, with no rules and all of the silliness and sass that is the Looney Tunes. Funnily enough, I think this movie and the Looney Tunes in general were ahead of their times because they jump around so much, because there is so much insanity, and because they were made for a child's brain, which has a short attention span in the first place. They slash this movie works well for the modern audience that altogether has ADHD. It's a classic hand-drawn animation, which is always nice to see. There is little to no exposition. There were a few dated references, but there was also plenty of commentary about the real world that is still very relevant today. There are four, I believe, different stories being told within this movie, and each of the Tiny Toons separates for their own summer breaks, and each story does a nice job of highlighting the relationship or characteristics of those involved within each story. Right as I thought this movie was getting a little long in the tooth, The writers created a literal plot hole to help wrap things up quicker. And with that, there are several fourth wall breaks which are fun for adults while actually helping to educate younger audiences about some of the intricacies of storytelling. If you're looking for something to put on while you are babysitting little nephew Timmy that you know mom won't get upset over, you could watch Tiny Toon Adventures, How I Spent My Vacation, and or... You could also watch any of these three similar movie options. Maybe you're looking for something more mature, but that fits in with the loony theme. You could check out Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's a seriously great movie. Maybe you're not a Looney Tunes fan, but you are in the mood for an animated film from your childhood that you maybe forgot about. That movie is Alvin and the Chipmunks Meet Frankenstein. I wasn't a huge Chipmunks fan, but I recall liking this one. Or maybe you are a fan of Looney Tunes, and you're looking for another classic that you could check out, another well-rated feature-length one. How about checking out Daffy Duck's Quackbusters, which combines footage from the classic cartoons and some newly filmed footage for this movie. And this movie rides the back of the Ghostbusters fame. I will be using my first wildcard, and this is where things got real hairy for me according to the unsaid but actually written rules of my show. I actually have to use digital copy right now. It's not allowed to be higher than film, DVD, or Blu-ray. And due to a combination of that and using my sentences and the spirit of the sentences as my primary guide, I'm left with no choice but to lock in Raya and the Last Dragon. Digital copy. The secret sentence is, if blank sounds like something you like, add it to your list. I was not ecstatic about the setup, however, once the dragon entered the story, it picked up. The dragon has some legit funny lines. All in all, the visuals are wonderful. There were a couple of artistic choices that surprised me because I expected that a movie that is set in this universe would go even bigger and even more magical than this movie did. I liked the change-ups in scenery as Raya travels from clan to clan. Each clan had their own unique style, which was a fun idea. 
I noticed some artistic inspiration from Into the Spider-Verse. And along with that, there are a couple of scenes where they treat the movie like a noir slash heist film. A little more of that would have been appreciated compared to the excessive exposition. But it is a movie for kids, so I understand the decision to explain so much verbally. Unfortunately, the exposition does hurt the pacing of the movie. There is a piece of music that is short-lasted right around the climax of the movie. It made me realize how safe most of the music felt to me. It's not that it's bad, but it worked so well that I suppose I didn't even notice it for most of the movie. And FYI, there are no musical numbers. This is not a Disney musical. When visiting each clan, Raya picks up a new friend, which makes the finale even more obvious. One would think that with so many sidekicks in this movie, they might have gotten in the way or become annoying, but they were used really well. This movie shines the most during its action scenes, and I'd say that this movie is the most mature animated Disney movie out there. Big Hero 6 is the closest in terms of maturity level, and that makes sense since they have the same director. It is a very predictable movie with a lot of exposition, but ultimately it has a lot for adults to enjoy in a world that is mystical and fantastic, which feels heavily influenced by Eastern Asian cultures. It doesn't go all out with the visuals, instead remaining semi-grounded, and it does have a classic Disney feel-good story. So if that sounds like something you would like, I would definitely suggest you add Raya and the Last Dragon to your list. And immediately, I'm going to use my second wildcard film. Pulling the upset of the century is Lou Over the Wall, Lock This Baby In. The secret sentence is, I don't recommend blank for everyone. However, if you dot dot dot. I elected to watch the movie in English. Assuming most of you would watch it in English, I felt that that was the most fair way to review it. I did flip back and forth a few times, and I do think that the original Japanese version is slightly better if you're cool with subtitles. The art style seemed fairly plain, if not typical of a lot of anime to me at first glance, but as the movie went along, I noticed it has a unique flavor to it. The exposition is told and shown in a quick, clear, and entertaining way, and there was very little actual exposition. It took about 30 minutes for the movie to pick up and for me to start to get into it. The movie's about a kid who doesn't like anything and has pretty much shut himself off from the world. Even the things he seemingly enjoys, he barely enjoys. Then the kid meets a mermaid who is the polar opposite and tends to like everything. The movie shines in short moments where the music abumps because the band is a playin'. The score throughout other points in the movie is also very fun. I'll point out a scene here. The beach dance scene is excellent and there's a moment where we get a second dose of that later on in the movie which is also great. The storyline is not extremely exciting but it does have a very natural book-like flow to it. This could easily be adapted into a children's book using illustrations directly from the movie. The movie takes a little getting used to, but some of the visuals are fantastic, and the stories, plural, end very beautifully. 
Plus, there are some good learning lessons along the way. Once the movie was done, and maybe even an entire day later, I realized that I sort of loved this movie, that for a while, while watching it, I was worried was going to be a pretty big flop and a waste of my time. And so, I don't recommend Lou Over the Wall for everyone. However, however, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure exactly who to recommend this movie to. If you are willing to take a little risk, if you enjoy a movie with cool artistic illustrations, if you like a little music in your movies, if you've got a kid and you just want to try something different for once, if exposition is something that annoys you in a movie, give it a shot. You might end up finding a cute little gem, and I would assume a lot of kids would like this movie too, if they are able to sit down and actually watch it. Luca came flying in on his Vespa and cut Raya off, causing her to slam on the brakes and slip two spots right before the finish line. Everyone's betting cards got wrecked on this one. Let's lock it in. The secret sentence is blank gets my recommendation. For this movie, I was able to nicely break down my notes into three different categories, the first being my initial thoughts. The animation style looks reminiscent of claymation, specifically Wallace and Gromit style claymation, which is not my favorite, but I do get the style and I know that many people enjoy it. It has a cute and fun start with some great music, and that can pretty much be said for the entirety of the movie. I did get some Finding Nemo vibes. Of course, being underwater, that could make some basic sense, but even story-wise, it seems like they are setting up an exploring the outside world slash leaving home type of narrative. Eventually, the story sort of broke away from that. So I can happily say that this movie did not feel like a retreading of Finding Nemo, not that it's without its similarities. The second section is a few of the specific moments from the movie. Luca goes to talk to his grandma late at night, and I don't want to ruin anything, but that made me laugh. And I was glad to see they wrapped up her little mini-story arc. I found it hilarious that they chose the Vespa to be the greatest fascination for Luca and Alberto, our two main characters. I could almost smell the seaside salty air in my home when our characters arrived to the main village. Legit, that's not even an exaggeration. I felt like I could smell salty air. Luca pulls a move, though, that you do not see coming, and it's a pretty cold move. The reason that he ends up trying to correct his mistake was a bit disappointing. I would have liked to have seen him regret his decision without being forced to see that what he did was wrong. That's a very minor gripe, though. The last section of my notes were my thoughts while wrapping up the movie. I liked how they treated Alberto and his relationships. They really don't verbally say anything while his character is developed. They do end up explaining something that most will have figured out in a scene, but that scene's not until right before the climax. Prior to that, it was mostly shown in the story through his actions and reactions, which is always nice and it's one of the great things that Pixar does. They don't treat kids like babies, they give them real stories and tell the stories without coddling them too much. I thought the climax was exciting. I was actually clenching up a little bit. Luca 
is about relationships, and they cover all different types of them. Boy and boy, friendship. Boy and girl, friendship. Even the third wheel of a three-way, friendship. As well as a child's fr- uh, relationship with their parents, a child and an adult-slash-parent-like figure, children and how to handle their bullies, and finally a child in a split-parent household. That's a lot that they covered. And don't forget to make sure that you stick around for a post credit scene from my favorite character, the Crazy Uncle, and I'm pretty sure that we find out where a missing fish that Lucas spoke about in the beginning of the movie ended up. It sucks that this movie couldn't be my Blu-ray, so don't take this lightly. Luca gets my recommendation. Maybe this is the real upset. I guess it depends on what you've heard. I trashed the thought of this movie when I brought it up in my What's Coming to X, Y, and Z streaming services for the month series. I trashed Sony movies too, and I should probably back off of that. They make a lot of crap, but they also have a few bangers, and The Mitchells vs. The Machines is one of those bangers. So let's lock it in. The secret sentence is, I think you should watch blank. I really enjoyed it. The Mitchells are clearly the last family on Earth you would expect to be the last survivors in an apocalyptic situation. There is so much fun and odd character going on with each of the family members. It's a very fun watch. The art style is really different and it's very active. It's just a different movie. There's no other way to put it. The humor works, and there's a lot of it, so that's a good thing. The score is engaging. The entire movie is very high energy for the modern, phone-addicted audience, which can be annoying, but it plays right into this movie for a lot of reasons. The primary tactic that the Mitchells find, which works against the robots, is amazing. Pig, dog, load up bread. Here's the only reason this movie did not get my first 4K Blu-ray rating. It felt like it could have ended like three and a half times. Had they stuck the ending of this movie, it would have received my first Blue K foray. This movie is a must-see, so clearly, I think you should watch The Mitchells vs. The Machines. I really enjoyed it. I purposefully chose well-rated movies for this episode because I wanted some solid competition for Raya and the Lost Dragon. That was what inspired me to make this episode, and I figured I would add Luca at the last second since it was coming out soon and it would be new. Er, by the time that this episode comes out. Anyways, I wouldn't be doing the bottom-ranked movies justice without letting you know that all of these movies are well-liked. I think Lou Over the Wall was the worst-rated movie of the bunch online. So let's finish this up with the final rankings. Starting with first place was... The Mitchells vs. The Machines, followed by Luca in a close second, then Lou Over the Wall slid into third, Raya and the Last Dragon feels slighted by coming in fourth, Tiny Toons Adventures How I Spent My Vacation gets saved by the sentences and pulls into fifth place, leaving today's last place for Hey Arnold, The Jungle Movie, which humbly accepts its loss and just congratulated everyone else for how well they performed in this competition. That football head is a stand-up guy. 
I don't want to slight Lou over the wall either here. It didn't simply get third place by default. As I mentioned, I kind of loved the movie, and I'd rather rewatch that than Raya and the Last Dragon, but I'm happy to hear any hate from you on Twitter where you can tell me what I did wrong with this list. My twit? I assume that's the short term for one's name on Twitter? A twit? That can be found in most episodes' descriptions. Until next time, thanks for joining me on... Messing with Media!